Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We're going back to back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and uh, who are you, sir? Producer Matt Duncan. How are things going on your end there, Fred? Uh, things are, things are going, things are going, things are um, going. Yeah. How, how are you doing? Uh, doing okay. You know, air in, air out. Uh, I think that's what everyone's doing these days. So we just got to keep breathing. You know what I mean? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I lost like you for a sec there. <laughs> um, it's funny. I lost you when you said, I just gotta. So I didn't hear what oh, you said after that. I said, I got to keep breathing. And then, uh, it went to like a huge pause. <laughs> oh, that's great. That, that, that works pretty well. Um, so everyone who's listening to this, keep breathing. Yeah. Um, don't pause in your breathing if possible. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, you know, it's, uh, the, the, this is the end of the road for the last dance, right? We, we covered, uh, episodes yeah. nine and 10. Uh, it's pretty fun. Lots of moments. Uh, no spoiler on, uh, who Matt's favorite people are in the pod, but, uh, yeah. you'll get there. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, if, if if somebody's listening to this, that means they they found the podcast. Thank you. Uh, but you know, if they want to find it again or share it with people, you know, how are they going to do that, Matt? Uh, you can go to uh, you know our dunkspodcast.com website with all our links for iTunes and Stitcher. Get on your favorite podcatcher and subscribe and rate. That would be great. And you know, then uh, you you can get the episodes when they're ready to go and don't have to worry about it. You only got to subscribe once and then you're done. And what about if people, they want to like really kind of like invest in us being like super powerful people globally? Uh, would that be going to our Patreon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have a Patreon there, guys. If you guys want to chip in, it'll help us to uh, inject some fuel into the old pod. And, uh, you know, you get some perks here and there. And, uh, yeah. So uh, check it out at patreon.com slash dunks podcast. Ooh, I like that. I like the little, you know, ending there. It's a nice smooth landing. Um, and, but, you know, I think people really want to know about our anti-itching products. Yeah, the main one on the market right now for anti-itching is our toques. And you do not have to baby powder your head, which most people do when they put on a toque. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you can throw that bottle out. You can save money there. And uh, it only costs 20 bucks a head top. You know what? You can wear it on those cool summer days and then you're all set to go for the winter. Well, you know, I think I feel ready. Um, I think I would feel even more ready if you would just tell me the words, okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, here we go. The last two episodes of The Last Dance, 9 and 10. Um, let's bring on guest number one. He's uh, he's done the podcast uh, a bunch of times. He's one of the, the earliest guests of the podcast. And uh, honestly, it was uh, inspired by his uh, his podcast at the time, Sporty Bras, with uh, with Graham Kay. Um, I'm sure he'll tell you what, uh, what he's up to, and we'll give him some plugs at the end of the ep. But... Without any further ado, give it up for Dylan Gott. <laughs> Thanks for the sweet song. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to talk about The Last Dance. Um, uh, thanks for doing the show. I'm very excited to have you. And I'm very excited that even though you forgot that song, it didn't forget you. <laughs> I'm actually more excited to talk about my fan-made documentary about Luke Longley only called The Difference Maker. <laughs> oh, that's that's good stuff. I'm sure that will garner, I don't know, at least one one-hundredth of the views that the Jordan doc garnered. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like the Luke Longley highlights about when he, like, boxed people out, but, like, other people got the rebound because they could dribble. 
Right, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, there is five people, so sometimes you get the Marcus Ole rebound where you just take up some space. And, yeah, uh, exactly, somebody, that Brooke Lopez rebound, you know, where you just box out because you're all about the fundamentals. Luke Longley, my best friend. That's the documentary. <laughs> I also, my best friend. I also put myself in that Luke Longley had a friendship with a <laughs> then 12-year-old Dylan Gott, and it wasn't weird. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound weird at all. It um, wasn't weird. Let's bring on. Uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, he's on the podcast a couple times. Um, we very briefly worked in the same building. Uh, he um, is just like a classic OG Raptors fan. Uh, saw games at Skydome, and I might be confusing this, but he maybe saw the first Raptor game ever. Uh, he'll, he'll clarify that. Anyways, give it up for Bobby Brown. Bobby, thanks for joining us, man. Wow, some club music. I think I had that last time, too. How are y'all doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, I'm very pumped to talk about documentary as well. And yes, to clarify, I have been to uh, the very first Raptor game I saw um, at the Skydome, uh, where Michael Jordan played, actually, Chicago Bulls. So that was like my only uh, moment seeing Michael Jordan live, and it's one of my highlights of my life. I mean, yeah, of course it would be. Like, in the Skydome, too, what a strike. Like, your your viewing experience of Michael was a lot like, you know, that, that, uh, that one part of the documentary where he was, you know, kind of like on a mini retirement tour, but I, I think, I think this was before baseball or it, it might've been, uh, the, the 98 year actually, but like, uh, his game in Atlanta when it was like 60,000 people. Right. It was, um, yeah, it was after the retirement, I believe. Um, and, and, um, I do remember, uh, that's the year where they went, I think it was like, the crazy record was like what, uh, eighty wins, I believe. No, oh, seventy-nine wins. Yeah, it was seventy-two. Eighty yeah, wins would have been crazy. Week, like, how, how did yeah. Them? Like, what were they doing the night before? Were they partying? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> if you if you're in Toronto and you're playing in a place called the Sky Dome and you're Michael Jordan, you're like, I I don't even need to create a slight for this. <laughs> Well, also, like, we had a weird thing where I think we beat them, like, we beat them again the next year. Like, it was this weird thing where the Raptors, because the Raptors also had Alvin Robertson at that time, who, if you look him up, is one of the most disgusting people to ever play professional basketball, but also the best average steals in the history of the NBA. He, um, when he came back from the Raptors, when he was on the Raptors, he was injured for like two years, and then he came back and still averaged like three steals a game on the Raptors. Defender. He was a great defender. He was amazing. Yeah. He was amazing, but he's like one of the worst. If you if you go on Wikipedia, he's one of the worst people ever to play basketball. I cannot overstate that. <laughs> ha. Yeah. It's well, like him and Hitler are tied if Hitler ever played basketball. <laughs> Honestly, when you have Dylan God on the pod, it starts off a rockin'. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's gonna be sad history by doing God. Oh yeah, we're gonna get a Hitler comp here, a Luke Longley love <laughs> fest there. <laughs> it's, it's a mixed bag, really. Um, but, I was uh, torn between Longley and Bushler, but Judd Bushler was <laughs> in the documentary. Judd Bushler was in the documentary. Luke Longley refused to be in the documentary because he hated Michael Jordan that much. And that's not what my documentary is about. It's just about us being friends. We don't. I, uh, there's no I, drama. I did hear that though. He he's one of the players that you know. A, a lot of guys kind of, uh, and we've covered this on previous episodes, but a lot of guys kind of, you know, were able to adjust to Michael's like leadership style and and win. And you know, there were some guys that that kind of got bounced out from the system, but there were, there were also guys that that won with Jordan and still kind of resent him. So there's a, there's the full gamut with Jordan, but. Um, I think uh, we should get going here because uh, let's let's just dive right into it. Um, yeah. Uh, so so uh, Maddie, I don't know what you got in the can in there, but if you got some, give me a sting, baby. A sting usually isn't forty-five seconds long. 
Honestly, I could try to get Matt to double the length of the stings. <laughs> uh, hey, we're going to have you on the show. First thing that's going to happen is a sting. You introduce yourself, then a sting. We're done. Two hours. <laughs> that, that's right. Um, let's uh, let's go to Bobby first here. Um, so, yeah, the, the the last two episodes of The uh, the Last Dance aired, obviously, in the States first, and then we, we got it second here in Canada. Um but well, I've, been, I've been watching the States version on Sunday nights, ESPN. Oh, pardon me, sir. Um, well, uh, yeah, it's, w- w- Bobby, what's your, you know, what, like, what's your, I guess, initial feeling of the documentary? And obviously, you know, you're not writing like a BuzzFeed article, best sports documentaries ever, but where, where do you think it kind of sits in, in the larger world of sports documentaries or films or, you know, dramatizations, whatever. Best documentary ever. Wow, I mean, really? Yeah, the last four episodes was pretty amazing. I haven't actually with, with a tie. I'm just being biased. Obviously, I'm a Raptors fan. Up North Rising is also my favorite, but this is like neck to neck or probably even better. Just the fact that we got 10 hours of footage of this documentary. I think it's um, um, a lot of the action footage that we had. I actually found out that all the action footage that we saw was held 20 years in the basement of the NBA office. It just got pulled out. It was just no one touched it until now, and we got to see it. And I think we're, we're so fortunate. I think this documentary will be talked about for the next two or three decades. Well, I think it's definitely, you know, regardless of whether you land on, you know, Jordan myth-making or kind of like whatever, that's who he was, and this was the real story. Um, I think wherever you land there, this is this is probably the, uh, you know, not probably, it is the definitive kind of like documentation just as far as like, Hours, interviews, backstage footage. Um, it's award-winning. Yeah, and I, access, you know, like I think there's there's a lot of big-time documentaries that it's just impossible to get access, you know, with Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, you know, all like multiple interviews. Um, yeah, so uh, I think right, right before I, I, I go to Dylan – um, I really, really enjoyed this documentary, and I'm sure I'll watch it again, like in full, at some point. Um, I, I don't know right away if it's it's if it's my my favorite. The uh, uh, just a couple that jumped to mind was obviously Hoop Dreams, um, OJ Made in America. I thought was was incredible, um, and then you know there's there's some in, there's some amazing thirty for thirties, uh, yeah, including you know Jordan rides a bus, but. Um, yeah. So I, but, but, but this is like, I think the length of it is what you, you captured, Bobby. It's really, yeah. it's, it's long and there's a lot to chew on. Um, yeah. Dylan, what's, where, where are you at with this documentary? Are you, are you as high on it? Uh, you know, I don't know if it's the greatest documentary ever, but like, that's kind of one of those things where there's so many great documentaries and particularly since 30 for 30, I think you have to give the best documentary of all time, like series, certainly to Thirty for Thirty, just because it like raised the height of sports documentaries to such a crazy speak. But yeah, I mean, it's great, and it came during the perfect time too. Like I don't perfect know if time. This would have been as appreciated if it was released. At, you know what I mean? Like if it was released during not uh, maybe the uh, most desperate time in. It was uh, supposed to come out during. It was supposed to come out during the playoffs when LeBron was playing. That was the original, the original schedule. Oh wow! Yeah, like that wouldn't have been. That would we wouldn't have gotten half the shine. It would have. Like you know what I mean? Like it would have. So obviously, yeah, it's great. And the best part about it is Scotty Burrell. I looked up Scotty Burrell jerseys after every episode. I was like, I want a Scotty Burrell jersey. Post quarantine, coming out, Scotty Burrell maybe tattoo at this point. Oh wow! You're going all the way in. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 24 Burrell on the back. Changed my last name, Dylan Burrell. (laughs) Um, uh, The the part of the documentary where Scott Scott Burrell, and it's been memed to hell, but, like, the part of the documentary where Scott Burrell does the fake pass, and then Jordan gives him the look, like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he tries to turn around, and Jordan just, like, no jump blocks it back in his face. And I don't think, this is the other thing about the documentary I think is really telling, is that Jordan had final edit over the whole thing, and he left all the Jerry Krause stuff in where he just called him short and fat and the Scotty Burrell stuff, and it's like, I genuinely don't think Michael Jordan thinks bullying is bad, and that's fantastic to me. He just, I don't think he realizes how much of a dick he comes off as. He's just like, oh, I was just competing by calling this fat guy short. 
<laughs> right. I mean, I think, yeah, you, you laid it out kind of plainly and, and, you know, it was just like that time too. It's obviously like max, everything's like max alpha, you know? And that's why yeah. like, like, like I, when I was watching it with uh, my wife yesterday, she started to giggle every time Jordan would go like, and then it became personal. Oh yeah. <laughs> because it was like, Jordan, I do believe everything is personal and I'm pretty sure everyone in the world has slighted you. Like the Carl, like, like to me, I laughed so hard when, Jordan. you know, he, he goes to the practice with, uh, you know, uh, Stockton and, and, and Carl Malone. And then, then he's like, you know, like talking shit about Russell. And he's like, oh, this guy's dead. And then, but then obviously the George Carl thing, like, how do you play that situation right? <laughs> like if George Carl said, how you doing, Michael? He, 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 like Michael honestly would have been like, oh boy, you just messed up. They would have probably lost series. They would have probably lost that series because George Carl didn't even say anything to him, man. He took that very personal. Oh, you didn't, you didn't say nothing to me? Okay, watch what I do to you next time on the court. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's gonna play a little differently if, if you know Brian Russell did not approach Michael Jackson. Oh, sorry, Michael Jordan, yeah. or if, like I said, George Carl didn't, you know, just said hi to him in a restaurant. No, man, because like there's also allegations that like. I mean, allegations really convey something a lot worse. I heard a there's a documentary um, by a great podcast company called Wonder. It's called Sports Wars, and they do a whole thing on the Isaiah versus Jordan rivalry. And okay. much like the, have you ever heard the Shaquille O'Neal David Robinson story, where Shaq says that David Robinson refused an autograph for him when he was a kid, and then oh, later yeah, after I've his career that. was like, oh, I made that up, and that's exactly it. Like the All Star snub by Isaiah is just. Is just made up. He just made that up to try and boost himself up. Yeah, I mean uh, he's, he's and he like anything is a slight, you know what I mean? And sure. there's been a lot of really great memes about it. Certainly, like Jordan's just a psycho. It's uh, I mean, you you he's see he's, you see it in really really intense competitors. Like I don't want to go off too far in a, on a different tangent, but uh, oh, dude, you know tangent. because. Yeah, because we're talking docs, it's actually Ooh. a 30 for 30 short. But, you know, the, the viral clip of the guy who's bowling and gets a strike and yells, that's right, I did it, I am. And he can't really complete a sentence. Oh, and, yeah. And, and then he goes, like, <laughs> he goes, you did it, God damn it, right. And, like, it's kind of just like he's like a broken machine. Well, yeah. the backstory is insane because he was trying to break his father's legendary bowling record. Yeah. And at some point in the match of this like record breaking thing, he stares over into like a crowd and there's like barely anyone there because it's bowling. And he basically like he's like, What'd you say to me? And like no one just, <laughs> it's very clear. No one talking, said anything. Forrest Grant goggles on too. Oh uh, <laughs> yes. It's it's he's it's amazing. And then in. he can see all of those pins he's murdering. That's right. Every strike he gets, he keeps looking in the direction. And like at one point, people are like getting popcorn even, and like there's no one there. Um, <laughs> it's, it's good this stuff. Is like, if Michael Jordan was was not one of the greatest athletes of all time, and this is the other thing is that like this competitiveness and everything else about Michael Jordan is fantastic, but also like I think it was Doris Burke said on one of these like after shows, he could float in the air. Like, that was a thing he could do. Like, there's also, like, a part of Michael Jordan that is just, like, he could just jump super high, and he's very strong as well. There's not, yeah, the like, not all this is, like, and I trained 24 hours a day, and I never slept. It's, like, I could also train 24 hours a day, and, you know what I mean, still, like, the right. worst player in the world still going to destroy me. Like, I'm going to get just murdered one-on-one -on -one by Judd Bushler. But a lot of people well, don't know, especially younger generation, he had the craziest hang time in the 80s. Yeah. This is before he was lifting weights. <laughs> His hang time was amazing. Like, like he would be jumping yeah. in the air and you pause for like, like better than anybody else and still make a basket. That's incredible. Yeah, hey, him, man. Jordan, him and uh, Dr. J and George Gervin were the only dudes who like did that before. Like now kind of everyone can do it because like training methods or whatever. But right. Yeah. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but no, I'm just going to... 
I'm going to say this before I move on. Flubber, look into it. <laughs> um, let's move on to, uh, you know, less gifted players, uh, you know, not even rotation players, kind of like role players. Um, in, in Steve Kerr, uh, Maddie, <laughs> Dylan's loving these stings, so I'm sure you got something for us. Fire oh, it up. Make me feel it. <laughs> oh, Matt's hitting you with the most abstract. <laughs> you want a fax machine, a tugboat, and a chipmunk? You call Matt Duncan. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk some Steve Kerr. Um, obviously a lot of role players drift in and out of like rotation guys. Um, and, and Steve Kerr was definitely one of those people. Like I think, you know, if I'm not mistaken, when he was with San Antonio, he played, I'm not sure if he was ever a starter, but um, I think he played pretty significant minutes, like, like beyond kind of like a, you know, just a, a guy that pops in there for 10 minutes. But um I'm kind of, I want to focus on that part of his career and, and being, you know, I just, it was blowing me away in the three point era, hearing him say that he gets five or six threes a game and, and, and how precious those were. And, you know, you know, there's points in the dock when a team would have a four point lead and there's five minutes left and the announcer's like, I don't know what they're going to do. And it's just such a different game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll go to you first, Dylan. Uh, Who's did you have a favorite role player of all time? Steve Kerr started 30 games his entire career, and he uh, hit over 50% on his threes uh, four times in his career. Wow. And not, no, five times. Uh, wow. 95 96 season, he was hitting 52% from three. He hit 52% from three, 94 95, and 95 96. Imagine how many threes this dude takes today. And he's like, He's a starter today, probably, just for that reason. Uh, but um, I think the best role player of all time, role players are really fun because they're always the guys with more personality than the stars, weirdly. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. my favorite role player, I don't know, we got Junkyard Dog and um, Birdman was really good. People forget how like Birdman could come into a game for five minutes, get like six blocks and six boards and then just not play for the rest of the series. Yeah. Bird Birdman's a great pick. He, he's someone who totally could change a game and for sure, you know, he might, he might've had years in, you know, playing for the nuggets where he was like a, a full-time rotation guy, but he definitely was a lightning in a bottle, you know, on, on those heat teams. And um, yeah, who, yeah who's your come in and get nine blocks and then uh, be off. Sorry. No, yeah, and like obviously, like flap his birds, like or flap his wings like a bird, <laughs> um, which is always great. Uh, and um, Bobby, yeah, who's your who's your favorite role player? Do you have one? Uh, some of my favorite role players actually all play for the Lakers, but because we're talking about threes with Steve Kerr, I wasn't say Robert Ory, but I'm still gonna go back to the Lakers. If you look at it, there's only three players uh, who all played on on the all uh, five times on the Showtime Lakers championships. And it was Michael Cooper in the 80s. Michael Cooper. Nice. Oh, Michael yeah. Cooper. Uh, I remember Michael Cooper, Cooper. He was also like, a, I think he was a defensive player in 1987. He made all defensive team eight straight years, including mm-hmm. all first defensive team five straight times. And this is a guy coming off a bench who can also play lockdown defense and he can shoot the three ball. That's... um. That's pretty incredible for a role player, and that's basically exactly what you want. Um, I don't have the best answer to my own question. I kind of had Big Shot Bob. Wow. Sean Livingston um, was a guy who kind of came, yeah. came to mind. Um, David West, later years, but he's not the best pick because he had so many years as like a front man. And, he was a starter and, too, I believe. Yeah, and he's an all-star. Um, Nate Robinson was someone I always liked, and I feel like he bounced around the league and never really – you know, kind of like had. I he, think he started too much to be like a role. Yeah, player. I, I guess that's right. And then, and then, yeah. I mean, these weren't great answers. JJ uh, Barea was the other guy that came to mind. Who, and I also think Robert Ori is. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, like were, were you going to say Robert Ori was a guy? Big shot, I mean, Bob. Started. Yeah. I mean, he, I he think was he's good. Yeah. He, I think he made like over like two hundred fifty three pointers in the playoffs. He has the most in the finals. Um, he's very clutch. He's got seven rings, and yeah. Definitely top five as well. 
No, yeah, he didn't. Uh, sorry, Nate Robinson did not start that much. He was had a hundred starts in six hundred games, so he's actually way more of a six man. Sorry about that. Thank you so much for apologizing. That actually, <laughs> that actually feels great. Um, Can I? Should I hang up and leave? No, don't you house? dare. Guess what? Can don't I leave your down? own house. First of all, <laughs> if you leave your own house, I'll be there in a hazmat suit, and, <laughs> and you don't want that. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's uh, dive into the past, um, Maddie. I don't know how you're doing. If you're ready, if you want to take us into uh, into your draft from the past. Right. Yeah. Um, well, this is the uh, last episode we'll be talking about the last dance, and uh, you know I've tried to keep it somewhat related to uh, Jordan and the Doc. So I figured, you know, we did the 1984 draft, which is when Jordan was uh, drafted. And let's finish when he came back from retirement this the last time, his last season, he passed the torch to a very good draft class. Let's go back to 2003. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, dude, do you guys remember 2003? Was that LeBron? That was LeBron, yeah. but before we get to the draft, just to just as a reminder of the times, the do not call list started providing consumers with an opportunity to limit telemarketing calls. Do you remember when we got that? <laughs> oh, how could I forget? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there was the big U.S. invasion of Iraq. And America Whoa. America renamed French fries Freedom Fries to protest. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> protest. some awful memories. <laughs> uh, Schwarzenegger was elected governor of California. Wow. Nice. This is a really tough death that happened during 2003. Kiko the Orca, made famous by the Free Willy movie, has passed away. Oh. Yeah, that was a tough one. Don't know much about him. (laughs) Other than his bent (laughs) fin. What are his stats? (laughs) I've never seen Free Willy either. Um, And, uh, you know, a big thing for us podcasters, uh, Apple launched iTunes in 2003. Oh. What, what, a, what a dream, eh? Yeah. And that's pretty much all that happened in 2003. So let's go to New York to the uh, 2003 draft. Dylan's loving the sound effects. <laughs> I was going to say, the actually, tons of stuff happened in 2003. Just ask Limp Biscuit. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I did so see on a I list. believe there was a chocolate starfish that got released in on some hot dog flavored water that year. But anyway, <laughs> Limp, Limp Biscuit was a, a popular but anyway, artist. <laughs> people were rolling that year, guys. The uh, 2003 draft. So Jordan is officially retired, never played the game again, but passed the torch to this. Probably what? One of the best draft classes in the last 20 years or more, I would say. Um, 58 picks in this draft, 47 played in the NBA, and it produced nine all-stars so far. Let's say maybe... Uh, some are still no. I think actually everyone that's still playing is an all star. Um, <clears throat> just to just you know rip through the top ten here real quick. LeBron James obviously went first to Cleveland. Uh, Darko Milicic went to oh, Detroit. Terrible pick. Yeah, that's a tough one. Carmelo Anthony went third to Denver. Chris Bosh, Toronto picked fourth. Followed by Dwayne Wade, fifth to Miami. The Clippers took Chris Kamen. Uh, Chicago took Kirk Heinrich. Eight went uh, TJ Ford, went to Milwaukee. Followed by the Knicks taking Mike Sweetney, ninth overall, and tenth overall Jarvis Hayes went to Washington. But right. Mike Sweetney is uh, a fat man, and his names are all his nicknames are all revolved around the fact that he's fat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My, big Mike sweets, big sour, <laughs> big sour. That's the big worst sour. one. Big, big sour. Wow. It's just like this guy. This guy hates everything. Yeah, he's someone call me. Upset. If someone call me Big Sour, I'd be like, I need to have you out of my life. <laughs> um, you know, some other notables in the draft, guys. If you go down the list, uh, Nick Carlson. You know, you got your uh, David West going 18th overall to uh, New Orleans. Nick Carlson won a championship with Carmelo. That, 
Am I, am I right? Please. I think you are, yeah. Yeah. Damn it, this is an amazing draft. You got uh, the last Diao. three picks of the first round. Kendrick Perkins, uh, Leandro Barbosa, and Josh Howard. Wow. Decent. That's great. Yeah. Steve Blake went late. Let's not forget Pachulia went uh, 42nd overall to Orlando. Zaza. Kyle Korver going 51st overall to the Nets. Still playing. And uh, don't forget the Raptors' second pick, uh, Ramon van der Heer. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Who could forget him? He uh, never played a game, unfortunately. But uh, what a fun name. Someone else who didn't play uh, a game who had a great name, Rick Rickard. Damn. <laughs> yeah, wow, good Minnesota eye, selected a made-up guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Rick- it's just Kevin McHale trying to draft himself. Let's take Rick Rickard. Kevin, no. Um, Kevin, not again. <laughs> Top three draft class ever. Yeah, that's yeah, a, this. This draft's amazing. Really good draft class, and some guys. Uh, so, you know, obviously, uh, LeBron James leads in uh, mm-hmm. the majority of categories here. There's some that he doesn't, obviously, because some guys play a little bit less and didn't take as many shots. But um, I'll ask. Uh, I'll ask a first question to you, Freddie. Okay. Oh wait, can I can I just jump in here with uh yeah. with some fun fun raptors on this list too. You know, you got you got Matt Bonner. Bonner. Yeah. Uh Marcus Banks uh played very briefly for the Raptors. Um there's a couple other guys in there I saw, I thought. Um maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I, I was just stalling because I'm afraid of this question. I'm ready. Oh TJ Ford. TJ Ford. TJ Ford made that yeah. that uh, shot where like I think it was like the Bosch teams where he hit this w- weird game winner mid season, and I just remember we were at a bar and everyone going nuts and be like, oh, "Are the God. Raptors good now?" I love TJ. Oh, and and Carlos Delfino, that was the other guy. Yeah, oh. and Barbosa. We had Barbosa. Yeah. Well, Freddie, I'll ask you this question: Who in this draft of these three players has the best three point percentage? Was it our Matt Bonner? Is it Kyle Korver or was it Jason Capono? Well, I got to go with my man Capono because that's that's kind of all he did. That's correct. Jason Capono, 434 three point percentage, followed by Kyle Korver with a 429. And Bonner had a pretty good one too with a 414. Um, Dylan, I'll ask you this question. Uh, who is second to LeBron in total points? Is it Wade or is it Mello? I guess say uh, Mello. That is correct. Ooh, nice, nice. one. Yeah, he's got uh, 26,314 points. Carmelo yeah, Anthony, people, Dwayne people Wade finished. about Mello. Like buckets. That guy yeah. put in buckets. He's about 3,000 ahead of Dwayne Wade. He will solidify that as the second best. Um, And the last question, Bobby, this one's for you. Now, in regard to LeBron, now, which of these three categories does he rank the worst in? Free throw percentage, three-point percentage, or rebounds per game? Uh, Wait, what's the first two? They're the same. Free... free, uh, Free throw percentage. Second one is three point percentage. Oh, three point percentage. Oh man. Or oh, rebounds per game. Um my God. I'm gonna have to go with free throws percentage. That is correct. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're feeling good. Twenty seventh yeah. overall right now for three throw percentage. Uh three point he's eighteenth and uh, rebounds per game, he's third. He's doing pretty good. Um, but yeah, just, well, you know, one of the, it, very interesting to see how, you know, uh, Michael Jordan, he retires to the game, passes the baton, and now, you know, we're here in the, the LeBron era still, you know? Yeah, it's wild. It's wild that it's still, you know, LeBron's still such a big figure in the game after all well, these that's, years. That's what they said about um, one, I heard this point made where it's like Jordan didn't play as much as LeBron, not only because he retired, but because, he spends four years in college when LeBron had already been obviously playing professional basketball all four of those years. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it definitely is like, you know, those years count. Like I think um, that's why, you know, any kind of contextual question about greats 
for me mm. is always so hard because it's like, what stats do you omit? What rule changes do you kind of like who, like what favors who is really, really hard. Um, but uh, let's, let's jump back into um, 2020. Yeah. Let's jump Whoa. back into 2020. Matt, if you're ready, take us there. Whoa. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my God. Go outside Very... guys. Are people still wearing masks? Yeah. They're still wearing masks. Bummer. Um, Let's uh let's jump to um to to this question and uh, I'm gonna start with you, Dylan. Um, I guess best is a is a bit of a subjective word, but um, you know who's the guy that that you think was the best on court adversary to to Michael Jordan for for whatever reason. Before we go into this, I am on the same basketball reference page as Matt was, and who ranked fifth? In that draft, in win shares per 48 minutes, 2003 draft fifth win shares over 48 minutes. I gotta go, Darko. Matt Bonner. Wow. <laughs> Red Rocket. Matt baby. Bonner was fifth. He's ahead of LeBron. And Carmelo. Oh, he's a, no, he's no, ahead no. Of Carmelo and David West is just a bit better than him. Um, best on-court adversary. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You look at the documentary, and it would certainly tell you that it's it would certainly tell you that it's um, probably Reggie Miller but I would probably say Isaiah Thomas just because really people forget this but they got robbed of the back end of those Pistons teams because Isaiah tore his Achilles when he was like 31 they could have won yeah, yeah. and they, they almost had a three-peat as well yeah um, three-peat Bobby, is your is your guy Isaiah? Do you think he kind of gave Jordan the most trouble in his career? Um, I'm going to have to say because for Isaiah and the Pistons, they're on on the tail end of their dominance in the league. I'm going to have to go with probably with the Knicks. Uh, John starts with the Knicks. John starts, yes, because um, here's a guy who went undrafted. Played four years college, I think Oklahoma. Um, he was cut after his first year in Golden State. And then he played in the CBA. Then he, I remember he uh, signed with the Knicks. And this guy was a hard nosed defense, instant offense. He's also like an all defensive second team. Uh, I believe he won a six mini, six mini year award later on. Yep. But um, off the bench, um, he was averaging like 14 points, four assists, three rebounds. And he was a cancer, not only to Michael Jordan. But to Reggie Miller, like he did everything. He would get to fights, trash talking, the rough plays, the ejections. Like he was so he was competitive. He wanted to win on that Knicks team. Yeah, you know he was an incredible competitor, and you know the 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 Jordan games against the, those Knicks are just in, insane. And you can see how amped up they they were, and and you know they weren't really dirty. They were tough. And and Ewing I think is 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 an incredible competitor Jordan, but obviously you know Jordan got the best of him I think too often to say that he w- would be his best adversary, but uh, very me, tough team. Yeah, Ewing, Oakley, Anthony Mason, Xavier oh, yeah. To be honest, like I wasn't I wasn't a diehard Bulls fan. I mean, I started with the Lakers in the 80s, but when, you know, I have a connection with New York with my family, so I became a Knicks fan in the 90s. And I actually was rooting for the Knicks to beat uh, Michael Jordan. Also, they had Pat Riley. Pat Riley was supposed to be like the Phil Jackson winning all these championships. But um, I think Chicago Bulls beat the Knicks four times in the playoffs. Like, they're just going to be MJ. Yeah. Yeah. Um my my guy is uh is actually Carl Malone and I thought about this question I think like that for me it really felt like the lamest answer but the more I thought about it I was just kind of like yeah you know he doesn't have the Eastern Conference thing so they're not super familiar uh as far as like playing each other all the time but I think that you know when when Jordan like that that lad, the last dance season and the season before it like those teams were so it was like Jordan was such a complete player. Like we were talking about, like, you know, Dylan was talking about him jumping out of the gym, which he could do at that time still. But, you know, like even with a guy like LeBron now, if you watch LeBron jump, it's different now than it was a decade ago. It just is, it is a big difference. And I just feel like that, that whole team, Rodman, Pippen, Ku coach, you know, they were all playing just so perfectly. And 
still really couldn't bother or stop Carl Malone that much. And, you know, that Jazz team was incredible as well and, and stacked. But Very I just feel like, yeah, I just, yeah, just well-disciplined. And I feel like that there there's a chance Utah, you know, could have – I, I always just felt like because I was getting into basketball at that time too, and again, like a loser, I was rooting for the Jazz. I was rooting against Jordan, but I just wanted to see him lose. And and Carl Malone kind of gave me that feeling more than honestly even Reggie Miller or I guess Carl Malone seemed like he was kind of unfazed. One but, thing I like um, about the doc with Carl Malone that I'm, I'm so happy they showed was after they lost at game six, um, Jordan's sixth year, there's a scene where the the Bulls were on the team bus, and Carmelo came on the bus, went to the back, and congratulated Michael Jordan. That was like, wow, sportsmanship. That, like, mm-hmm. gave me, like, wow, I, just, I, I like Carmelo even more because of that. Totally. Like, yeah, like, I, I mean... Carmelo definitely doesn't have the reputation as like a warm and fuzzy guy, and I don't think he played the media game or wanted to. But uh, man, there's, he, there's, he, there's reasons for that actually. Oh yeah, yeah, I won't get into right now. But he has a he, he has a dark history, dark past that he does not want to talk about in the media. No, I, <laughs> yeah. he has a million kids, and he does no, not he talk to them. He got a thirteen-year-old girl. He got a thirteen-year-old pregnant, but that's another story. Jeez. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, started with Albert Robinson. <laughs> yeah, that's what you is this midway Carmelone? You don't want to hear what I'm going to say. You said Alba was the shittiest person. I had my thoughts reserved about Carmelone. <laughs> oh my god, you know what, oh, buddy? Alvin Robinson's this... Wikipedia page would like we'd have to stop this podcast and take a I 15 think... minute just respite to be like, who am I? Who yeah, I honestly, hang out with? I think right now is a good time to uh, stop talking about this immediately. Um, <laughs> and, I don't want to go there. I'm sorry. I didn't want to go there. No, no, it's all good. Like, you know, I think the the duality of who people are in sports is is yeah. always going to be something for every sports fan. And uh, yeah, for sure, both of those guys are particularly, <laughs> yeah, um, bad. But um, you know, let's let's go into the direction um, uh, I want to take this, which is. Uh, just, I guess, maybe, you know, since I'm in, in that spirit of denial right now, we'll go further into kind of like escapism. And I want to tell you guys about uh, how I'm coping with this pandemic. And and, and that's by playing my uh, my NBA 2K player. Um, Matt, mm. I don't know if you got any inspirational music for me, but if you do, could you fire it up? Thank you. Okay, so his name's Federico Noel Rivas, uh, 6'5". Um, he's a, a playmaking shooter. He got drafted by the Raptors, 30th overall, uh, after uh, horribly failing in the combine. But uh, I was drafted by the Raptors. Very happy about that. And um, I'm going to tell you a bit about what my guy is up to. And uh, you know, you can you can be the judge. Uh, I think there's a lot of growth. So uh, I'll I'll start with the good stuff. Um, my stats are 17 points. Three rebounds and nine assists with three turnovers a game on 50% from the field, 34% from the three, and 64% from the free throw line. I've moved up to second in rookie voting, and the Raptors are now 41 and 26 with me. So still worse with me, and yes, we are playing into the future (laughs) because we've played past the Gobert incident. Uh, So about five or six games into um, the abyss. And, uh, yeah, I, I did an alley-oop dunk in practice. That felt great. Uh, and um, probably the biggest thing that I should brag about is uh, for five games in a row now, I've, I've landed over 20 assists each game. Wow. Uh, my, my career high was 26 assists. Uh, and when I checked my tweets after the game, it said I broke Scott Skiles' record of 30 assists in a game. So that felt weird because 26 is less than 30. So, yeah, it was a compliment, but it was a glitch, you know? So, but, um, uh, and, and, and anyways, yeah, my goal is uh, I, I want to pass Mark Jackson's uh, rookie record of 868 assists in his rookie season. Uh, I'm just rounding on 700 and uh, I'm doing my best. And l- last little bit here, um, I got... Uh, a fun little extra session where I got to do a green suit kind of like dunking thing and uh, I got three attempts to dunk failed all three attempts 
and then the animated guy said, wow, nice dunk. We might use that for the cover. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, on that note, um, if there's any reporters out there, uh, do you have any questions for me? Any uh, rookie hazing going on in the locker room? Or do you have the, like, donuts or coffee for the players? Um, no, no rookie hazing, but uh, when I won player of the game once, uh, I chose the option to give a big speech. And as soon as I started my s- speech, all the other players walked away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I have a question. So, Carl Malone got a 13-year-old girl pregnant. Uh, comments? There. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> comments on that? Uh, I don't want to go. It sounds that. horrible. My thoughts are reserved because of that. My thoughts are reserved. Um, Many years ago. No, uh, I, I have another question actually. Uh, how? What? So, what position do you play again? <laughs> I'm a shooting guard, but I've kind of merged into point guard. And and Kyle, sometimes when I pass Kyle the ball to bring it up, he passes it right back to me. It's pretty hype. Yeah. How do do you think uh, that? the locker room rumors of Kyle Lowry demanding you be traded for someone. Someone else. Um, Kyle, you know, I think it was he's a bit ornery towards me because I kept early in the season was demanding the ball too much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, All that passing, you guys seem jealous. He's passing the ball a lot. They're going to probably like you more than Kyle Lowry. Well, well, yeah, that's that's the thing, right? So he, his assists have went down to five a game now <laughs> because I'm basically <laughs> demanding the ball and running every play. But uh, I'll say this. He's hits, he's hitting a lot of shots from me, and he's my like main guy to find uh, for threes. So uh, I don't know if anyone uh, has any other, uh, uh, any other questions. Um, Matt, you, you got anything for me? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to uh, see if there's been any European offers for you to leave the team yet. He asks that every time, and I feel like you could uh, really uh, have a good career over in like the Chinese Basketball League. Or uh, I'm actually quite open to that, and if the game <laughs> did that for just the sheer sake of how hilarious it would be, I would 100% take that option. Nice. Um, I would love to be a player. I, honestly, if I could win an MVP and then go play in like the Nicaraguan League, that would be ideal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, Dylan, did, did you have anything else? Oh, oh, questions for your uh, made-up player? That's right. Oh, um, so religion-wise, uh, are you religious? And if so, how is that affecting your life with the Raptors? Great question. Um, I'm, I wouldn't say my guy is religious, but he is addicted to gambling. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, he's kind of like – he lives a bit of like an Uncut Gems style life. See, this is – this is something I've really given thought to because now stand-up comedy isn't going to happen for a long time, is going on Twitch and just making and playing a my player, but like doing stuff like that, like just saying my guy got drunk last night, so he plays bad, and then just honestly, on purpose, missing all these shots, but still demanding the ball. Honestly, I believe in you, and I hope <laughs> that you start that campaign. And then getting like... <laughs> four viewers and just telling my wife I can't do that right now. My four viewers my guy just just uh, started doing blow last game so I really need to build up Yeah, you have to see how it how it affects like, <laughs> yeah. the, the body and all that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, tell yeah. you, oh my god, Dennis Rodman. Well, we're going to get to Dennis Rodman, but um, I think I think that's it for my player. Uh, and let's move on to the last part, um, the, the last question about this documentary before quickish questions. Matt, I, I hope you have uh, some more stings for me, and I'm not getting the the sting that is is inappropriate. But um, I guess yeah, give me what you got. <coughs> Can somebody, somebody get, get nurse, nurse a, a fisherman's, fisherman's friend, please? <laughs> Well, folks, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of of the Blue Confederacy of Dunks. Um, that yes was a sound of someone coughing in a hallway. It's on like, um, real time. It's at practice, and it was pre-COVID. Okay, it's just a fisherman's friend spot. 
It's in his contract. He has to have a sore throat all the time. Right, but it's not in our contract to play that sting. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, um, I think this is actually <laughs> progress with me and Matt. Um, I feel like uh, that stings for sure coming next week, but um, still <laughs> progress nonetheless. Uh, let's um, let's just kind of uh, muse about the doc here, Matt. If you have any moments to please chime in, um, but I'll go to you first, Bobby. Uh, you know, th- obviously it's going to be hard to pin this down, but uh, just fire right, fire away. What was the single best? moment of of this 10-part documentary what was uh you know the kind of flashbulb wow that that image is, is seared into your brain or whatever that's a tough one because there's like plenty but i might have to go with i think it was like episode seven or eight and they had a backstory about jordan's father um that one scene where he just won a championship against uh, sonics and you have him he's in a in the, uh, the locker room on the floor crying. Like for many, many, many years, we all seen that image, but uh, we never got the audio. And yeah. when I heard the audio for the first time last week, oh man, like literally, I, got, I was choking up. I had like tearing up. It was, it was kind of hard for me. Yeah, that's but, uh, yeah. The, that that seems intense too, because it was also like kind of like a pregnant pause. Like yeah. they just like kind of like held the camera there for three you know, and it, and it definitely it felt like one of those documentary like that to me, really felt like like one of those documentary moments where you want the cameraman to leave, right? Yeah, and yeah. and that to me is always like oh, like you can just feel it. Um, Dylan, do you have a favorite moment from the documentary? Uh, favorite moment? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Cumulatively, probably just watching the fact that the greatest athlete consensus, I think, obviously these things go in ebbs and flows. Like, we'll be old men one day, and there'll be some guy who uh, everyone thinks is better than Michael Jordan, probably, or everyone will argue that he's better than Michael Jordan. And if people don't believe that, then, like, there's people who are, like, in their 50s who will swear that Jordan never surpassed Kareem. You know what I mean? So, um, I think it was honestly just that, like, the consensus greatest athlete of all time smoked like seemingly 150 cigars a day and <laughs> gambled and just played golf. And like he worked out, he like he shot jumpers and was in the weight room, but he just like smoked like the, the craziest scene in that whole thing is just when he's in that hotel room going like, Oh, I can't believe I have to go out there and it's going to be such, I forget which episode it is, but he's smoking the hugest cigar in his hotel room. I was like, I guess you could just do that back then. The guy smoked a lot of cigars. And, and, he smoked uh, six cigars a day. Listening to the, the Danny Ainge thing, um, uh, I think it was Danny Ainge on, on, on the low post, and they talked about going golfing. It's like they played 36 holes <laughs> in well, the hot sun. Rest day, like, too, where it's like, like his rest yeah, like, day, where he's talking about, oh, thank God Phil didn't make us practice. And also, I think people forget how old everyone on that team was, because like Pippen was 32, and he was the youngest guy. Rodman was 37 on that team. I didn't realize, as a kid, when they signed Rodman, he was already 34. I, I did not know that. Oh yeah, he was pretty old. Yeah. He was old. He came in the league no, at like twenty five. Oh wow! Well, yeah, I knew he came into the league a little bit late, but I had no idea because like in those Pistons photos, he looked so young. I just assumed he was like twenty one when he was like playing with uh, Isaiah Thomas and stuff. Um, my my moments, like I kind of like so the for me the Paxton shot. Um, I I you know I don't know much about Paxson or like I don't think he's someone I'm going to like talk about but just the way the arc of that episode because I felt like they did the same thing with you know with um with with Rodman having a you know a monster game with Kukoc uh, obviously with Pippen a couple times with Kerr with Paxson but Paxson to me was the guy that like he's had the like I don't know the least amount of fame since that moment and hearing just like how special that was for him was kind of like, oh man, that was a really, really sweet kind of like moment. And he was ready. Like in the last episode, cursing, like, you know, cursing the Michael Jordan. It's like, I'll be ready. You know, it's like, it's kind of like cute, cute in a way because not everyone gets to be Michael. Most mm-hmm. people don't. And I think being a winner 
you know, in Michael's world is a very, very specific thing. And winning is not. There's so many ways to win and there's so many ingredients to winning. So I think highlighting that arc was was huge. And then cheating in my own question, the other moment, just because I like things that are insane, is Hulk Hogan laughing that Dennis Rodman mispracticed. (laughs) <laughs> like, that to me is like full real life heel. That's like you're you're that's like, like you know David Stern must have been furious. Like he must have called Vince McMahon. Like so I don't know. I actually heard I actually heard they find him. They the league fined Dennis Rodman twenty thousand dollars for mixing proxies, but he got paid from Turner from uh, for wrestling. I think it's Ted Turner who was owning wrestling. Yeah, he got paid for Ted Turner to make appearance. For two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. Um, People forget well, this too. He wrestled Carl Malone later on. Oh yeah, I was, I I was so happy you brought that up because yeah, Carl Malone <laughs> he wrestled Carl Malone. Well, Carl Malone, he got a dose of that. He saw that, and he's like, "Oh my God, that guy won the finals after doing that." You got to let me on the show. <laughs> um, never wins. Uh, okay, let's um, let's wrap this baby up with some quickish questions. Sound good, guys? Go ahead. Oh yeah. All right, Maddie, if you got that quickish question, Sting, give it to me. Question. Just a rad ass Sting. Wait, Matt, did 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 you have a moment, like a favorite moment from the doc? <clears throat> Oh, it was those security guards all day. I just want I want more of the security guards. <laughs> yeah, oh, they were oh, great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we heard about the one guy with like the perm, and then you see, you know, they they dig deep into the other guy that was like a father figure. It just was like, yeah, man, that security team should have their own doc. Yeah, that's something that well I didn't said. know about. That's something I think no one knew about. And I, yeah, I the, the part where the guy with the perm. Hit wins the game of dice and then does the Jordan pose to Jordan, <laughs> and you see him so like Jordan gets so fucking mad, like he's so fucking mad that this guy made fun of him. You could tell like if those cameras weren't there, he just like slap him in the face. What did he win? He won, he won like a quarter too, and Jordan got so mad from losing a quarter. <laughs> so but yeah, that guy having honestly, people like talk about like Jordan being you know this like hyper present athlete. That guy having the presence to be like, I'm at work, Jordan can fire me, but I need to go for this. I'm doing the shrug. Like, oh, yeah. Like, the, the, that guy being like, this is my moment. The cameras are here. Um, okay, let's uh, let's uh, jump into these quickish questions. Um, I'll go uh, I'll go Dylan, Bobby, Matt, and, uh, oh, yeah, you, you know me. I'll, I'll, I'll stutter and stammer and slur through these questions, and uh, you have to answer them as quick as hum- humanly possible. No phoning a friend. Just, you know, you got to blurt out the answer. Are you guys ready? Yes. Born ready. Okay, Dylan. Yes. Which Bulls championship was most like the Raptors championship? Um, none of them because... We had a rent a player and a guy got hurt. Harsh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's what happened. The guy yeah. got hurt and we uh, we had a fling with the greatest fling of our lives. Hey, quickish, harsh questions, right? Um, Bobby. <laughs> same, same question. No. Uh, here, here's here's your question. Imagine Masai uh, in charge of the Bulls in 1998. So you know, just like what what, what would he do? What we do in terms of like, like in the, in the off season, is he would he bring them all back? Oh, definitely, he'd bring them back. I think I think Jerry Reinsall was a cheap model. Sorry, I think he's a cheap bastard. I'm gonna swear, but um, I think he definitely oh, yeah. bring them back for one more year. You gotta, you, yeah. you gotta go for number seven or four in a row. Cost. Matt, oh boy, what what Raptors playoff game was most like that final game six, 1998 versus the Jazz? Which one was most like that? Oh boy! Like I of that uh, of our championship run. That's right. Um, I mean, maybe that maybe like game two of Orlando. I don't know. <laughs> All right, quick quickish questions. You know, quickish answers. Dylan, do you think the Bulls could have beaten the Duncan Robinson Spurs in 1999? 
No, because I think Rodman, uh, really, his substance abuse took hold, and Scottie Pippen's back was too messed up. His back looked bad at the end of that. Um, yeah, he couldn't move. Yeah, Bobby. He was, this is like leaving all the court. Sorry. Sorry, Bobby. Worst dresser, MJ or Dwayne Casey? MJ with those big ass uh, baggy pants is the worst. Baggy jeans, MJ. Matt, which yes. Raptor would be the best teammate for Jordan era? A- a- any Raptor era and why? Oh, God. I get all these tough, tough ones. Um, I think that uh, maybe like a, like a Bargnani. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that's good. Bargnani, yeah. I think he'd get along really well with... Uh, Perfect, yeah. Jordan would like, <laughs> kick his ass. Yeah. He would beat him up literally every day. Um, that's amazing. Showing up to the game with two black eyes, clear makeup on it. Yeah. Oh. Okay, Dylan... Um, who should have received more focus in the last dance? Who should have received more focus in the last dance? I would love to hear the story of how Dennis Rodman started getting along with the Bulls, being that he was part of those Pistons teams that Jordan hated. Even just like five minutes on it. Great, great answer. Um, Bobby, what wild untold story would be uncovered uh, if there was a documentary about the Raptors championship season. What wild uncommon story would be? It's a tough question, too. Ah, oh, man. I won't even know. What wild. Is this for any Raptors, like any year, or was it just for um, last season? It's, it's from the, the, the championship run. Or oh, championship man. season, sorry. What wild story. That's a tough one. Oh, man. You gotta make one up. Oh, I gotta make one up. Yeah. Um, the stuff that maybe Quad was doing, doing a little management away from team. Like, what was he doing? How was he spending his time? He probably was doing something crazy, maybe that we don't know about or we yeah. never uh, figured that he would he'd be able to do. That's a, that, that's a good answer. I was gonna go in the you know Danny Green has multiple snakes direction, but um, <laughs> <laughs> something could happen there. But um. Uh, this one's just a comment, and then Matt, you're going to get the last question. Uh, so, uh, not a question, but a comment. When we return to the finals this year, we need to have a bull crap mobile in Jurassic Park that fans can smash with a sledgehammer. Um, and I just put a laugh emoji by that, and I said I fully agree. Um, we do need more sledgehammer-based events in general, and of course at uh, Jurassic Park. But um, Matt, this is the last question of the podcast, and it's not hard. But uh, I think you're gonna love it. With spec, um, with speculate uh, speculation, Jim Carrey will appear as the mask in Space Jam Two. What other '90s came- cameos would you like to see show up? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the, this is a, this will be a tough one to do, but I'd love to see Jonathan Brandis from uh, Ladybugs. <laughs> That's good. Okay. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, well, guys, that's the pod. Thank you so oh, much for, for joining us. Oh my god, this is great. This is fun. Um, we we got inappropriate. We got crazy, but also people have histories and um, they're difficult to deal with. Uh, look into those if you like. But um, <laughs> you look know, into the dark side of sports. Yeah, there is it's a dark sad. side. Uh, Dylan, um, you're hilarious. Uh, you're amazing. What What are you up to right now? It's okay if you're up to nothing. Um, but, um, yeah, tell people where they can find your stuff and or tell them how to live their life. Oh, sick. All right, first thing, uh, June 4th, I have an album out, and uh, that's on Bandcamp, dylangott.bandcamp.com. It's seven bucks. It's available on streaming platforms starting that day as well. But it's also just seven bucks, and there's like a bunch of extra tracks that I didn't put on the album that are not going to be on the streaming platforms that you have to pay for. Seven bucks, dylangott.bandcamp.com, or you can go to at dylangott on Twitter. Other than that, I have a podcast called The Wrestler Review, and we do an Instagram live where we do a watch long of a bad wrestling show. 
3 p.m. Eastern, Tuesdays and Thursdays. 3 p.m. Eastern, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Other than that, I'm learning to code because the world is ending. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, so I'm going to code all this other stuff. Hell yeah. Well, uh, Bobby, what's what's up with you? Uh, what, what, what do you want people to know? Ah, uh, well... Well, you know, not really doing really much because I can't. I'm just like do a lot of reading, get a lot of rest, do a lot of exercising as well. Because hopefully, when this thing gets over with, we can start flying. I might just buy a plane ticket and go somewhere hot, be on the beach, and have my beach body ready. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, um, I'm doing that I don't too. think I'll never have a beach body, but at the same time. I want to feel good, so I'll be working out. And uh, for me, that's basically five squats. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, to each their own. Um, yeah, I think that's it for the pod. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who listens. Uh, share, subscribe, let people know about it. And uh, yeah, hit us up with any questions or anything. Um, Maddie, are we done or what? Are you gonna let's uh, let's take this baby out. We're done. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. 